0: This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reineck. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, Value Investors. So this is the final podcast of 2021. We're at the end of the year, and I've already covered the hot areas of 2021 for value stocks on a couple of my prior podcasts. So this week, I'm just going to take a look at some of the popular stocks that have sold off in this market weakness to see if any of them are deals going into 2022 here. So are some of these stocks cheap? Do the analysts still have a growth outlook for them for 2022? Or are they kind of value traps here which only look cheap but aren't? And remember a value trap means a stock is cheap. Um, So it does apparently have some kind of value Or in this case, for today's podcast, it's pulled back considerably off the highs. So we're thinking it has value. And it may even have some value fundamentals like low PE um, or PEGs, those kinds of things. But next year's earnings maybe aren't looking too hot. That's where the trap part comes in. And um, it's easy to get kind of faked out when you're just looking at the PE or the peg for this year. Not really looking into next year although most of the data now should be using next year's numbers. But those value traps are when the earnings are expected to decline into next year and given how hot certain industries and sectors are coming off of the pandemic recovery it's basically inevitable that a lot of stocks. And companies may see a decline in earnings into 2022 um, although overall the S&P 500 is supposed to see an increase of 8% for next year. But some of these areas that saw uh, some of the demand pulled forward like in retail or some were thinking the home builders um, or maybe even in airlines but now there may be a boom again next year in in travel. We don't know yet. Um, but some of these areas are maybe going to have a hard time lapping what they've done during the first almost two years now of this pandemic. So you might see some earnings start to decline off these record highs here. So I picked out five popular stocks that many have been talking about. They may not have actual value fundamentals, although I know several of them do. Um, But I thought I'd take a look because everybody keeps asking me, is this cheap? Should I be buying it? Is it a deal? So let's look at the numbers. I haven't really looked at what's actually happening behind the scenes with any of these, like with the actual earnings. So I'm going to be... doing it in real time here on this podcast, along with the rest of you. We'll find out together whether or not these are values or value traps or deals or not deals um, just by looking at those earnings estimates. So the first stock out of the gate is Disney. Everybody's been talking about it because the shares are now down almost 18% year to date. So that's pretty severe uh, down Um, you know, slide for this, what I consider to be kind of a blue chip. I know many of you own it in your own personal portfolios or you bought it in your kids' portfolios. You're all on Disney Plus watching the Beatles documentary or um, soon to be that Boba Fett series that's going to launch soon. And so they have a lot of good content on their streaming services, but the parks continue to see some difficulties with this stop and go recovery in the travel and leisure side of things and as well the movie studio side not on the streaming but in the theaters is also having a little bit more of a stop and go difficulty in recovering we had kind of a mini recovery in some months of this year and now it looks like maybe it is starting to weaken a little bit and people are staying home a bit more. Um, But this is what we're expected to see going forward here and so people have just been selling out of the stock. It um, is trading right now I'm looking it up with a forward PE of thirty four point eight so still pretty pricey it's been pricey throughout the pandemic because those earnings have just gotten crushed down when they had to close down you know the disney worlds and disney lands and even those overseas had to shut for a while so the earnings really taken a hit the peg ratio right now is 1.5 so let's look at what is happening with those earnings estimates and let's see so this year expected to make 428 so that's up 86 percent because last year is when it got really hammered and it made only 229 in fiscal 2021 so fiscal 2022 428 but how's it looking for next year well 581 analysts still expect to continue to see um earnings gains for next year that's up another 35 percent so that is what i want to see however Eight analysts have lowered in the last 60 days. That's coming off of their last earnings report, most likely, for um, next year for fiscal 2023, but 10 have lowered for this year. So they're not as quite as bullish, even though there is going to be a 35% gain for next year. So it was at 642 or 641 before all these analysts cut and now it's at 581 so again still up 35 percent so it still is improving but you're still going to be paying quite a high uh you know pe ratio for those earnings but this is not a value trap here it's just simply not cheap enough to qualify to being a value for next year it's also a Zach's number a uh, five strong sell right now because of all those analysts cutting all at the same time none are raising and so when they're all in agreement and they're all cutting you're going to get the cells or strong cells for the Zax rank. So Disney still a strong sell five and even though it's not a trap. Um, I'm not really I'm still not really liking this. I'm not really considering it that great of a deal here. Um, there's still you know some risk. Involved in the reopen recovery trade and even on the streaming side which is slowing quite a bit now. Um it's very difficult on the streaming side I don't really like the businesses where you have to constantly create new content to be a winner because you have to spend a lot of money to do that. And as we know with Netflix it's the same thing and I don't own Netflix or Disney in my own personal portfolios um and for and that's why because i don't like the content businesses i do however like disney's um you know travel and leisure side and its strong brand but here just a little too pricey at 34 times so i'm keeping it on my watch list but i don't consider it that much of a value here but it is not a trap okay let's look at another stock Um, a lot of people have been talking about paypal it's on everybody's lists because i mean it's been just a phenomenal performer over the last several years since actually since it was spun off from ebay it's been one of the big winners except for this year now year to date it's down 21 percent now so it has had a bear pullback here and what is it looking like on valuations a lot of people thinking hey maybe this is my chance to get in here so forward pe is at 40 and the peg is at 2 so this is down considerably from where it was prior to this bear market pullback so you are getting it cheaper but is it is it a trap is the are the earnings looking decent for next year so let's take a look okay so this year they're expected to make 462 and that's up 19 percent from 388 last year so little bit of nice growth there nineteen percent double digit earnings growth but fifteen analysts have lowered for this year in the last sixty days so those earnings estimates have come down a bit for this year now let's look at next year so much like disney next year is supposed to see a double digit gain of almost twelve percent in earnings for next year expected to make five seventeen So again making 462 or thereabouts for this year expected to see 517 for next year but you're only going to get that 12% earnings growth next year that's a little on the light side on the earnings growth given that you're paying 40 times to get that Um, these estimates have also come down so the analysts getting a little more pessimistic on next year. 16 analysts have lowered in the last 60 days and two have actually lowered in the last 30 days so I'm not really liking that even after the earnings report a couple analysts are getting even more bearish so that's why you're seeing those estimates come down a bit um, let's see the X rank on this one um, well it's a three so there's just not enough analysts cutting yet for the rank to go to the four or the five so number three is a hold and that makes sense um given that most lowered a while ago and so we're waiting for the next earnings report to really get an update on the rank here now for this year two analysts have increased in the last 30 days so that's a little more promising for this year but it could be those same analysts were like um i'm a little off i'm a little light on this year but I still don't like what's happening for next year so I need to cut for my next year's forecast because to raised for this year to cut for next year we don't. Um, it might not be the same analyst but I'm betting it is so PayPal not a value trap but it's not much of a value here even down 21% this is still in the realm of the growth investors for now. I'm keeping this one and block or AKA square on my watch list as we head into 2022 to see if they can get even cheaper and maybe even become a more genuine value name. Then it'd be really juicy, right? If it gets down cheap enough to get that PE, you know, heck, even under 30, I might be taking a look if that PE drops that much so keep that in mind paypal pypl is a ticker oh i didn't mention disney's ticker i don't think disney dis is the ticker for that one Mm -hmm. okay now we're going to move over to retail because retail has been one of the hottest sectors of the um last year let's just say once that vaccine hit the retailers have been off to the races and they have been having some of their best quarters ever or in 10 years at least Um, In a while, it's been good for the retailers, and they're expected to have a strong holiday season again here in the fourth quarter as we head into 2022. But what happens after that? So there's a little bit of nervousness now on the street because some of these stocks have seen really big gains, and people are just cashing them in now, moving to the sidelines. So we have seen a big sell-off in some of these names now. And I'm going to start with the gap. So this one was hitting like multi-year lows or something I think I saw at one point and it's down 19.6% year to date now. And the gap remember is the gap, but it's also Banana Republic, um, Old Navy and Athleta. And Athleta's its most powerful brand, Old Navy number two and still also crushing it. Uh, the gap struggling a bit, but trying to make a turnaround here. And Banana Republic, it's a more luxury, um, upscale brand, has closed stores and is still struggling because we weren't wearing enough apparel. We're not going into the office or to those parties, but we are starting now to go into the office and go to those parties. So um, not sure what's happening with Banana and if they can turn that around. But that is kind of key to all of the gap turning around because uh, Athleta and Old Navy crushing it and Athleta should have one of its best quarters here in the fourth quarter holiday quarter that it's ever had because athleisure is still red hot. So what does this one look like? Okay, it has a PE of 12. So right there we know it is a true value stock by um, value, you know, classic valuations as a peg of just one. So that also fits into value. It's got both growth and value. But what's happening with those earnings? Okay, so last year was devastating, and they lost $2.11. But all the retailers got crushed during the pandemic year. And this year, they turned it around up 163% to $1.35. So back to making money. But eight estimates have now been lowered in the last 30 days. So eight were lowered in 60 days and eight have been lowered in 30 days. So um, I'm not really liking that, that so many are lowering. Nobody's raising, they're all in agreement that it's tougher out there than what they were imagining. So um, we do have the supply chain issues that's impacting how much product a lot of these retailers can get into the stores for the holiday season. So analysts and the companies themselves have been, you know, nervous. And the companies have been flying it in instead of shipping it. That's extra cost. It's hitting margins. Um, there's all these things in going into this year that are impacting for the retailers. So those earnings estimates have come down, even though they're expected to make 135. Just. Uh, 30 days ago expected to make two nineteen so really is coming down quite a bit here so for next year similar story they've all been cut for next year Um, eight estimates been cut again they are now expected to make two oh five down from two fifty seven for next year because the analysts were just a little too bullish about next year as well and some of these supply chain issues still impacting into next year so. Um, that is earnings growth again a 51%. So no value trap. But again, I'm not really liking that the earnings are coming down. And because I'm not liking it, the street isn't liking it either. That's why the shares have taken a dive here. Because everybody's like, oh, peak earnings or oh, it's not going to be as good. So I'm, I'm dumping it now. And so they have but this is still incredibly cheap here at just 12 times. I'm liking that it's cheap. I'm liking that it's still seeing that gain for next year. The street doesn't believe it for right now, however. That's, that's the sell-off. The street is not believing it. So if you believe it, and if you know enough about the GAPS business to uh, say, hey, you're, you're wrong, the street is wrong, then this is looking like a value, value here and a real deal on this big sell-off. Now, if I can get it even cheaper on an even bigger sell-off, then I will. But um, this is pretty cheap here at 12 times, and people should probably keep this on their their wish list here. Okay, switching to another, I'm going to look at a department store, but it's not the one you think. I've already talked about Macy's on prior podcasts as whether or not that is cheap and what that one's looking like going into next year. It is only trading at five times, so it does have that cheap valuation, but I've already talked about what its earnings look like. So let's talk about Nordstrom. This is another one that is trading at multi year lows basically here down like thirty five point eight percent year to date on that last earnings call which was a real disappointment but the PE is now fifteen point nine so that's pretty cheap but not like super cheap peg is at two six five so it's not even that cheap on the peg side. Um, Let's look at those earnings. Okay, so they lost $4.39 in last year's horrible year, expected to make $1.28 this year, so up 129%, um, but seven estimates have been lowered and one raised in the last 30 days for Nordstrom, ticker JWN, by the way, if you're uh, wondering. That's the one with the kind of different ticker. JWN is the ticker. Um, Okay, so seven lower, one higher. Analysts kind of pessimistic about this year. After that uh, earnings call was not good, and then next year they're pessimistic about even the further recovery. But they are expected to see further earnings growth, 58% earnings growth up to 203. So this is, looks similar to the gap. It's expected to rebound quite nicely, but the analysts are also lowering this one. Six have lowered in the last 30 days. Two have raised. So we're seeing these earnings estimates come down as well was at 231 for fiscal 2023 and now at 203, as I said, that's still up 58%. So no value trap. Um, But is it really a value here? Uh, Nordstrom's is struggling the most out of the department stores and so if I had a choice this would not be my first one to choose out of the department stores I would choose a Macy's over a Nordstrom's it's only trading at five times and it has declining earnings for next year but um, still it's much cheaper and those earnings estimates can always change and this one is trading at almost 16 times I don't even consider that to be that cheap Um, so they're not giving it away yet. And so I'm, I'm not that interested in Nordstrom's as a value play here, but it is not a value trap. Okay, then we're gonna switch over to, I'm still on retail, but on the furniture side. So on some of their prior podcasts, I've talked about several of these furniture companies because they've all been cheap. And I've mentioned Havertys several times, ticker HVT. I'm not gonna cover it again, or maybe I should, Okay, let's cover it again. Um, HVT has been cheap this entire year. Shares soared at the beginning of the year, but have now been on a horrible six month side. So they're still up 12% year to date, but over the last six months now down 35.6%. PE is now just 6.5. So dirt cheap, um, doesn't list a peg. On Zacks.com for some reason. So let's look at those earnings. Okay, so um, expected to make 4.78 this year. It made only 1.88 last year because furniture is red hot. Everybody's buying everything. They're having like record quarters. They have a huge backlog. People are ordering their couches. They're waiting like eight months to get it because they're desperate to get some new furniture in. Um, all the furniture makers in the same supply chain issues. Even if they're manufacturing in the U.S., still difficult to get like fabrics, um, components, uh, you know, other parts. Even though they're manufacturing here, other other furniture makers manufacture in Vietnam and China, various other countries. Uh, some of them manufacture down in Honduras. There's been COVID outbreaks. It's a mess in the supply chain. And um, these companies are still managing um, remarkably well, surprisingly well. Now, we only have one analyst estimate on Haverty. So that analyst did raise in the last 60 days. So we're at 478, as I said. But looking at next year, That analyst has lowered in the last 60 days, now looking at just $4.50. So the analyst is saying that 2021 is peak earnings, and it has to slow from here. Now, I've listened to some of these conference calls, not Havertis recently, but I did listen to RH and Williams & Sonoma. And RH, uh, their CEO, Gary Friedman, basically did say, yeah, it's going to slow at some point. It's been red hot because of the pandemic basically and the home buying but it will cool off at some point when they don't know it hasn't happened yet but it will that doesn't mean it still won't be tremendous and great but it will slow so the street is basically throwing out these stocks um, saying "Ah, they've reached peak earnings Uh, I don't want to be in it if the earnings are going to be sliding if it's a value trap which this is indicating here but it's only a decline of about 6% on the earnings for next year, and it may not even happen. We don't know yet, but analysts are expecting maybe the slowdown to hit next year because it has to slow at some point. <laughs> so, um, But these are still dirt cheap. Haverty, again, is trading at 6.5 times, and they pay a dividend. Um, let me see what that is yielding these days. Uh, let's see. it was pretty nice before yes, 3.2 percent dividend yield for this southeast uh, United States uh, furniture manufacturer and retailer. So if you're in that part of the country, you know Habty and so um, they've always been shareholder friendly and you're getting that nice dividend even though these shares have slid. So, this could be a buy here with the big, you know, decline in the earnings. It's kind of bottomed out here a bit and it hasn't gotten much cheaper. It has not yet hit a 52 week low recently. So I've kind of been waiting for it to, but um, Haverty's still a little bit of value trappiness for next year, but not too horrible. Um, the other one I wanted to look at because more people are aware of it and may own it is Williams and Sonoma. Um, I own this in my own personal portfolio, and I owned it pre-pandemic. I have did buy some shares not long after the pandemic hit because it was obvious that everybody was rushing out to buy furniture, but I have not added to my position since then. But now I'm thinking about it because Williams and Sonoma, even though the shares are up 64% year-to-date over the last month, they are down 20% so the valuations on this one have really come down and it's now trading at just 12 times so that's pretty cheap for the kind of growth you're getting with this with a peg of 1.3 not quite at that value peg uh, level but still pretty cheap again but what do those earnings look like so i know this year they are soaring again because I listen to these conference calls so I know how hot it's been and they've been at record quarters so they're supposed to make 14 12, 21 this year they made only 904 last year so that's 57% earnings growth eight estimates are higher in the last 30 days so everything's looking good there. Um, next year it's declining a little bit just like Haverty's but only down 2% to 1389 and seven estimates have been revised higher um, for next fiscal year. So again the analysts are thinking it's still looking good but maybe not quite as good and as hot as what this year is because it has to slow at some point. Now williamson Sonoma is having the supply chain issues. It does source Uh, a decent amount out of Vietnam, but they did say on their last call that uh, customers are not canceling. They are waiting for the product to come, even if it's the longer time period, six, seven months. So, for instance, I recently bought a new chair for my living room. And I bought, not from Williams and Sonoma, but a local furniture uh, manufacturer here in the Chicago area. And they told me I might not get it until anywhere between June and August if I bought something custom. But if I bought something from stock, I could get it by February. So I bought something from stock, right? Why wouldn't you? Um, So I was fine with that. I bought the stock item. Well, they just sent me an email about three weeks after I bought it telling me, whoops, we're sorry, we can't get it to you until May now, even though it's a stock item. So they're behind even on stock items now. And did I cancel? Did I panic? No, I still want the chair. So, you know, I'm just gonna have to wait, gonna have to wait even longer. So that's the trend out there. And that's what most people are thinking and doing. So I'm not too concerned about the loss of business. All the furniture manufacturers are in the same boat. You can't get it anywhere else, so you're just gonna keep your order with whoever you're ordering from. Uh, Remember, Williams & Sonoma has some of the hottest brands. It's not just Williams & Sonoma, which uh, sells food products and small appliances and has cooking classes. Williams and Sonoma also now has a furniture line, a luxury furniture line that they're slowly expanding, but is doing well so far on a limited launching. Um, So once that is rolling out in a bigger way, I'm going to really like that line. But they also own Pottery Barn. They also own own Williams and Sonoma. They also own West Elm and they also own Pottery Barn Kids and Teen and Rejuvenation. And they have that graham and something with the handbags um, and tote bags that's a small or a division so we won't talk that much about that Um, but west elm continues to be their premier brand followed not too far behind by pottery barn but west elm still the number one furniture maker for the millennials and i'm assuming for gen z's who are now starting to buy furniture as well (laughs) Uh, But that mid-century modern look is still super hot and they're still on trend. They're still able to do double digit comps. I don't know how because they were doing it before the pandemic. That's how hot it is. But that's still a huge driver for them. Um, Williams and Sonoma also big in online delivery, everything online and they were before the pandemic and that's really paying off now during the pandemic. And they have expanded their marketplace business, and this is when they're having other people's brands, like a lot of food items and exclusives only online at Williams and Sonoma. And that could be quite a large business as well, maybe even approaching a billion dollars eventually. So marketplace is big as well, and they don't need to do much to um, really convert the customers on that side of the business. So again, I own Williamson Snowman, my own personal portfolio. And it's a little value trappy here. But at 12 times, um, it's still looking good at these record earnings levels, the street might still throw it, you know, throw it away for a while here thinking, Oh, it's done. And the run is over. And that could be a further buying opportunity so I would keep any of these furniture manufacturers on your watch list especially if this market weakness continues a bit here. With the feds moves and. um, Just some uncertainty with the Omicron and even the Delta variant outbreaks here that are going on worldwide. If the market gets spooked a bit and some of these stocks continue to decline that's when us value investors can find some good deals and some good values here so really i'm kind of keeping all of these stocks on my watch list right now because um, they're all real weak here and some of the ones that are value trappies. Could maybe be turning it around. After we hear from them for their fourth quarter or you know into the new year when earnings season starts up again in the beginning of January. So keep that in mind that those earnings estimates are always changing. And so something that is a value trap might not be going forward right. Um, And additionally some may just be so cheap that it may be worth you know checking it out because it's being discarded by the street so keep that in mind as well um, so let's recap some of these tickers again we had Disney it's still pretty pricey and it's not a value trap because those earnings are expected to rise again next year but it is a Zacks number five strong sell right now because the analysts have been cutting those estimates so Disney ticker D. I. S. then PayPal P. Y. P. L. And this also is not a value trap um, as uh, earnings expected to grow next year as well, but still trading at 40 times. So even though it's down in this bear market pullback, it's still not quite cheap enough for, uh, you know, true value investors. But growth investors should maybe be taking a look because it's a lot cheaper than it used to be. So that's PayPal PYPL. Then we had the gap. GPS is the ticker with the gap they're trading it just 12 times and now down considerable that they um, are a value, but the estimate's not looking quite as good for next year as some of these other names. And so you get a little bit of value trappiness with these retailers here because analysts don't really know what's gonna happen next year. Um, Although they're supposed to see a 51% gain, But the estimates have been coming down so that's not a good sign but no actual value traps so I'm keeping this one on my watch list as well as numerous other retailers because there could be some good buys here. Um, Nordstrom's is our next one JWN is the ticker for that one. No value trap there either but still trading at about 16 times so not as cheap as some of its contemporaries like Macy's or even Dillard's. And so for that reason, I'm not a big fan of Nordstroms here. And then we had some of the furniture guys. I actually talked about two of them. So Haverty's, HVT is the ticker for that one. Dirt cheap PE of just 6.5. But these the furniture guys are really are showing the value trappiness with those earnings expected to decline just a slight bit by next year. So Haverty's down 5%. And then we had Williams and Sonoma, WSM. Down only 2% for next year on the earnings and that one is trading at 12 times after it has now fallen 20% um, in the last month off of those recent highs so that's where we stand on some of these names that have pulled back there's dozens of other ones. And I haven't taken a look at some of the big pandemic winners in the same way, but I'm thinking I will to start 2022, maybe we'll take a look at those teledocs and Zooms and Pelotons and see if there's any value in those names or whether or not those are just kind of trappiness as well, um, value or deal traps as I will call some of these growth stocks that um, aren't really values but still may be a value because they've come down so much so I will be taking a look at a lot of those names as we start 2022 as well as just what's cheap as the calendar turns so you want to be sure you're subscribing or getting us somewhere so you're getting all of the value investor podcasts for 2022 because I'm expecting another red hot year for value stocks as I've talked about in my prior podcast this month here in December of 2021 it is a good time to be a value investor there are value stocks—I mean, Haverty at six and a half times with a 3.2% dividend yield—that is cheap and a value. What else is cheap and a value out there? Um, we're going to be looking at them all. So again, get us on Spotify, get us on Amazon Music, get us on Apple Podcasts. And I'm wishing all of you and your families and friends Happy New Year, heading into 2022. And I'll see you on the other side in the new year. Talk to you then.